this week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Our top priority really is going to be picking up where we left off and how do we position Iowa and Iowans to benefit from uh, growth opportunities in our country today. Lawmakers return to Des Moines on Monday. I think it'll be the most difficult budget to, to ever do. And as always, there's a lot on the agenda. I don't think a special session would have changed anything because we continue to have those numbers move. The 2018 Legislative Session, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. There's an old saying that where you stand depends upon where you sit. That's typically true in politics, but even getting agreement between members of the same political party about priorities as Iowa lawmakers get set to gather in Des Moines on Monday is difficult. What's the top challenge facing lawmakers? Well, it depends who you ask. Well, right now, I think one of the biggest challenges we face is our budget. The number one uh, challenge will be the Medicaid privatization uh, mess. Our top priority really is going to be picking up where we left off. Many believe the budget and a possible state deficit will dominate discussion in Des Moines this session. This is the Republican Speaker of the House, Linda Upmeyer of Clear Lake. Well, right now, I think one of the biggest challenges we face is our budget and making sure that we balance a budget given the budget predictions. We're growing, the state continues to grow, but not quite at the levels we had anticipated. So I think that's our number one challenge, partly because of timing. We need to get that taken care of first. Um, then I think the, the one of the next challenges that kind of comes right up there is the, uh, the Medicaid, making sure we get our health care, um, mental health, Medicaid, uh, and the individual market, all kinds of health care issues resolved. I think those are uh, really top priorities for our members. In hindsight, would it have been better to do some of this figuring with the budget in perhaps a special session or something sooner than coming back in January? Or is this going to give you the time you need to make the decisions that you need to make? You know, based on what we were following along, and obviously we, we, we follow those numbers with great regularity. We don't just wait, wait for the uh, revenue estimate to come out. And uh, in our conversations with the governor's office, they believed that they were able to make the most of the, um, the adjustments just in, you know, uh, the way they did business throughout, confining some of the spending and making priority decisions. So they were able to do some of that. Um, I, don't, I don't think a special session would have changed anything because we continue to have those numbers move. So we had, no matter when we did it, we had to predict uh, what we would, what would be necessary. But I think governor's office did encourage her departments to make some of those decisions in anticipation, perhaps, of uh, perhaps not being exactly where we'd hoped. Upmeyer's Senate counterpart, Majority Leader Bill Dix, has a reputation for focusing on budget and finance issues, including tax reform. 
our top priority really is going to be picking up where we left off and how do we position Iowa and Iowans to benefit from uh, growth opportunities in our country today. And uh, so we want to really look at how we can, um, you know, make our state more attractive to new career opportunities and, and higher paying career opportunities. How will the budget affect that? Because the revenues are not coming in as projected, and it's the same thing you went through last year. Sure. Well, you know, when you when you look at budget, it's always challenging uh, to, uh, you know, determine the, the state's priorities. And uh, we really try to listen very hard to Iowans as we uh, make those determinations. One thing is clear, though, uh, the state budget should be no different than the family budget, and we shouldn't overspend. We shouldn't spend more than, and than what we're taking in. And that's how Iowans budget in their families, and uh, that's what we will do at the state level as well. You know, the biggest thing, I think, is when you're looking at, you know, individuals, um, uh, job creators, people looking to establish new careers here, they want to and, and look forward to a stable environment. And knowing that we're going to budget, as I said earlier, and, and treating the state budget and Iowans money as if it were their own, um, that's, that's really what, what, what people are looking for, a stable environment where you know what's predictable, what's sustainable, and uh, that's, that's what we're going to keep in mind. During an interview earlier this week, Dix, a Shell Rock Republican, emphasized the financial issues, starting with the state's tax system. The other thing about reducing income tax rates, it gets the state uh, and state government out of the business of picking winners and losers. And you know, we have a long list of tax credits and d different types of incentives. And in this kind of a, a situation, all Iowans benefit. All communities benefit. Our small rural communities where we have declining enrollment in m many of our schools have the potential and, and the opportunity to grow as well. And that means a better way of, of supporting all of our local institutions. Democrat Senator Bill Dotzler of Waterloo is a veteran of legislative battles. What he identified as a top challenge is a bit broader. All the challenges that the legislature faces is centered around one thing, growth here in Iowa and economic growth, uh, job growth in Iowa. And uh, no matter what subject uh, is near and dear to your heart, whether you're somebody that's really concerned about services to seniors, to children that might have disabilities that are on Medicaid, uh, you know, our, our judicial system, you name it, education, it all needs resources to operate. And we've really had some stagnant growth over the last, uh, last few years. And part of it uh, uh, has been uh, aggravated by a commercial property tax cut bill that was probably a little too aggressive and, was, and, and occurred in too fast a time. Iowa's Republican Governor Kim Reynolds shares Democrat Dotzler's view about workforce and growth issues. The biggest barrier we have to economic growth in this state and really across the country is um, a skilled workforce. 
And, you know, I think Iowans want to work. They want to be able to take care of their families and to have a, you know, a quality of life that I believe is attainable here in Iowa. It's uh, about uh, really helping them skill up and get the skills. And so uh, we're going to launch Future Ready Iowa, and it is an initiative that we've been working on for the past year with great stakeholders at the table. Uh, they made their recommendations in October, and uh, we're going to move forward with, with five of those. And really, it's just about providing opportunities for Iowans, helping them skill up uh, adults, uh, you know, that have maybe um, didn't complete or didn't complete high school or started some post-secondary education to kind of, you know, find them, work with them, provide them the support system that they may need to be successful. And so that's a priority. Of course, we want to continue to be competitive. Uh, we've done a lot of positive things while we're seeing the economy grow. It's growing the revenue, just not, it's not quite as robust as the Revenue Estimating Conference had projected, but we're still growing. 24-7 uh, Wall Street just named Iowa the third best managed state in the country. Uh, unemployment is at a 17-year low, so, you know, we're growing and uh, we want to make sure that we remain competitive. We'll hear more from the people who will be making policy in the State House later in this program. But next, the thoughts of Aaron Murphy, who covers the legislature as part of his job as Des Moines Bureau Chief for the Lee Enterprises newspaper chain. What I'm watching for, and it's still hard to know for sure, so I guess it, uh, it, it's kind of, from my standpoint, it's unexpected, whichever happens, is um, whether Republicans decide to tackle some kind of reform regarding IPERS, the uh, public employee retirement system. Uh, Democrats have kind of sounded the alarm that they fear that Republicans have gonna, are going to do that. To this point, Republicans have said, we're not making any changes to that. Nobody has to worry about anything. But it's something that they have talked about in the past. Governor Terry Branstead, before he left, um, said that he thought the program needed some kind of reform. Uh, Governor Reynolds um, has said she's open to it, but doesn't say it's not anything that's pressing and not anything on the immediate forefront. Um, but it's just one of those issues that when a party gets complete control of, of government, as Republicans have, and um, if there's something on your to-do list you want to get done, um, it's, it's not uncommon to try and do that as soon as possible while you have that opportunity. Governor Reynolds has now floated tax cuts. How tough a sell is that going to be in a time when we're looking at 90 maybe, million-dollar shortfall right. in the budget. That's going to take a while to explain to people, isn't it? Absolutely. That's the $90 million question <laughs> is how, how do you uh, – because, again, going back to uh, – and this may be number one on the list of what Republicans wanted to get done once they got complete control. They didn't do it last session. They, had, they certainly had a busy session, did a lot of other things they'd been wanting to do. This is number for sure number one what's left on the list now is getting some kind of tax policy changes, some kind of rate cuts. Um, what that exactly looks like, we don't know yet, but, but you raised the, the most important question. How do you do that when the budget's in bad shape already and something like this is inevitably going to take more money out of the state budget in ensuing years? Um, so how do you sell that? It, it It is a great sell to say, hey, your taxes are going to be low. You're going to pay next, less in taxes next year. But you're also going to be hearing from other people that, well, yep, but uh, schools are going to have less funding. Medicaid's going to be in, in more trouble. Um, you know, public safety is going to have be able to hire fewer people. Um, so, so it's going to be real interesting to see 
first of all, what exactly the plan comes forward, because that obviously uh, depends on what kind of bill it comes with. And then how do they answer those questions of where is the money going to come from then in the future? It seemed like they got more done, quote unquote, more done of the Republican agenda last year than they had planned. Obviously, they didn't get tax reform done. Obviously, water quality is still a huge issue. And how do you get the accounting to work for the budget? All of those are huge issues. But really, they checked a lot of the boxes last year. It's a short session this year because of the the election anyway. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be, I'm going to say, just a stopgap session where they will do just what they need to do, maybe take care of mental health funding a little, et cetera, mm-hmm. but this is not going to be the kind of groundbreaking session that the last session was for the Republicans with a governor who knew he was going out the door and not running again. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, and I think that's likely. Uh, I'll, I'll point out real quick, you noted the two things that they didn't get done, tax reform and uh, water quality. I don't think, coincidentally, um, those are the two things that come with a price tag. I think that's entirely possible that this is a pretty quiet um, session for, for the for the multiple points you raise. One, they got most of what the, a lot of what they wanted to get done, anyways. And two, it, it, it's an election year. This is going to be the session that's really fresh in voters' minds when you go out there. So you don't want to do anything that really upsets the apple cart, so to speak. Um, but those are two things uh, in tax reform that the Republican voters definitely want and water quality that I think there's pretty bipartisan consensus for, that some people want some money put into programs that they know are going to help improve, um, you know, get some of those nitrates out of our water here in the state. So I think they got to at least try and, and make something happen there, whether they can, like I said, especially with two things that are going to come with a price tag, that remains to be seen. Aaron Murphy of Lee Enterprises, Des Moines Bureau. When we come back, more on the issues facing the state as lawmakers return to Des Moines Monday. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from AARP Iowa. Every two seconds, someone's identity gets stolen. That's why AARP launched the Fraud Watch Network to arm people of all ages with the tools they need to spot and avoid scams. Learn how to protect yourself at aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. That's aarp.org slash Fraud Watch Network. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. 
The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. More about the issues facing lawmakers this session in a moment, but first, a word of thanks. You've heard us talk recently on this program about a special Newsmatch fundraising effort. We're waiting for some checks mailed in late 2017 to arrive, but to date, we have raised $22,245 during Newsmatch, and of that, $18,600 is eligible for matching funds, meaning it's doubled. Thank you to the 144 donors responding, some of you more than once, during this fund drive. That's more than twice as many donors as responded during last year's end-of-the-year drive. We appreciate the support and pledge to reinvest all those dollars raised back into directly covering the issues of importance to you in 2018. Our thanks again for your generous financial support. One of the terms we've learned recently while covering Iowa politics is the phrase backfill. It refers to money paid by the state to municipalities to make up the loss of revenue in those cities from the statewide commercial property tax cut. In other words, the state cut the property taxes for companies but promised the cities they wouldn't lose any revenue. But as overall revenue into the state is coming in slower than forecast, some are calling that backfill policy into question, but not the governor. It's not one of my priorities to take a look at backfill. That was a promise that we made to local governments. Now, as we continue to look forward um, into the future, and they have plenty of advance notice, uh, working with us and at the table and helping define what that looks like, I think, you know, that's probably something that we can take a look at, but it's not, it's not a priority of mine right now. Bill Dotzler, a Democrat senator from Waterloo. The real problem is, is that there are people out there, and I know the majority leader said this to me, um, and I've heard it also from the Speaker of the House, that we want Iowa's tax structure to be, you know, a shining example of how cheap things are uh, in Iowa for people, and that they're just going to gravitate, and that will take care of our workforce problems. But the truth of the matter is that that doesn't it doesn't work that way, and. Uh, uh, our corporations also are going to get some of that. So I think we ought to pass some of it on. But I think instead of working on passing on through income tax, we ought to work more on property tax because income tax is really the fairest form of tax. And when you lose income and you get laid off, your property taxes still stay the same. And what the state could do is pick up a lot more of the things that are unfunded mandates to cities and counties that they have no choice on. State says, you got to do this, you know, especially mental health care, and, and pay for that so in turn they could pass some of that on with property tax and lower it. Because seniors, especially when you go on fixed income, and uh, it doesn't keep up with inflation, uh, seniors are really forced out of their homes, and people that have income changes and drop uh, from one job to the next, it's, it's tough. So the state needs to step up and do more on the property tax side of things. For his part, State Senator Jeff Danielson of Cedar Falls, a Democrat, thinks the state's top budget priority deals with another decision that was made in the recent past. 
the, the challenge is going to be tremendous. It'll probably be the hardest year in which to come up with a balanced budget. Why? We're $35 million in the hole uh, presently in 18. There's another 60-some million that's been borrowed in 19. So you're $100 million in the hole to begin with. We're hearing that the governor has agreed to another $100 million to the MCOs for the Medicaid privatization piece. Our growth is likely only going to be around $200 million. So you're already in the hole with those two obliga- obligations, and you haven't even talked about K-12 uh, allowable growth to our local schools or our regents' universities, or for that matter, any of our public safety programs like prisons and, and troopers and et cetera. So uh, uh, in my view, this will be my 14th year in the legislature. Uh, I think it'll be the most difficult budget to, to ever do. Senate Majority Leader Bill Dix. I just want to reemphasize for Iowans the, the value and the importance of us reducing our reliance on the income tax. Um, that, in my opinion, is a must-do this session. Uh, we really need to, to accomplish that more than anything else uh, in making sure that we're competitive and uh, bringing more opportunities for more Iowans, higher-paying careers. It, it, it plays into everything that we do. And, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, K-12 education um, and our workforce. Um, those issues as well become much easier to deal with and to promote um, when we've got a growing economy and an economy that, that is thriving and bringing new careers to the people of Iowa uh, all across the state at every corner, our rural communities as well as our urban centers. So um, that, for, for me, is going to be a, the top priority and the thing that focus most of my time and attention on. We'll continue this discussion of important issues pending before the Iowa legislature next week on this program, in particular, water quality and mental health care. I spoke with Governor Kim Reynolds and Speaker Linda Upmeyer in Des Moines in the Capitol on December 18th, and with Senate Majority Leader Bill Dix, Senator Bill Donsler, and Senator Jeff Danielson earlier this week. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can find us online anytime, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to this program again for a list of stations that carry the program and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter, at Iowa Watch, and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash iowawatch. And you can send your thoughts about this program or ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.